Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 109th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com. My name is Bill Chippendale. Yes, I am a famed cabinet maker, also a dancer. No, I am actually Bill Bodkin. And the reason I made that horrible joke is because with all the things going on in the world of pop culture, Thor trailers, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Stranger Things, Mission Impossible trailers, a million Star Wars things happening, Winnie the Pooh murdering people, so much happening. We are talking about the phenomenon known as Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, an idea I put pitched a few weeks ago and Al, my co-host, said, ah, you think we're going to be able to do that? The answer is, you bet your sweet ass we are. And speaking of sweet asses, let's talk about my managing editor, my co-host. He hates me, justifiably so. Al Manorino, my brother and Jetty from the ranchin, from the from the catacombs of the ranchin, because yes. he's been expelled. Um, yeah. How are you, my friend? I'm good, man. Today today was a good day in a very bad week of just being a human being. Yeah, um, shitty but, week. But literally, like I think. We are the only podcast that is like, you know what? Chip and nail. <laughs> like, let's not talk about Star Wars Celebration or uh, the 30 hours of Stranger Things that we have to watch this week. No, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Because it was it's was the topic of all topics this week. And we have an all star panel with us as Al decides to go to have a kumite with his dog. Um, the monster known as Hops. So joining us this episode, we have not seen them since All Hallows Eve when we talked about our horror uh, panel. It was a great podcast, but we had to have these two back. First, let's bring in a man hailing from Viva Las Vegas. He is my favorite anxious millennial cowboy, Tommy (laughs) Tracy. Welcome back, my friend. Hello. Yes, I am wearing the Adam Page shirt. I we had a conversation before the pot started, and I already forgot I was wearing it. So yep, I, I caved in and bought one myself. Uh, <laughs> and then joining us, it has been a while. Of course, you remember her in season one, a regular guest, and she came back and haunted all your dreams on the horror podcast. But she is back to talk about j- talk because I came from North Jersey today. Um, she is here to talk about all things Ugly Sonic. She is one of my favorite people. Miss Kelly McGovern, welcome back. Hi, guys. I'm happy to be back. And uh, we've brought you back. Of course, Kelly is known. If you could follow her on Twitter and Instagram, talking about high cinema. And this is why we bring her here, because this, ladies and gentlemen, is high cinema. As Hops finally comes down and gives Al a death stare. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Why did I bring him down? I don't understand it. It's love. It's love. Um, So like we said, we are talking about, of course, we are a Disney Plus stand podcast, of course, never recognized, acknowledged, or even given a side eye by Disney Plus. One day we'll get one of those. I probably the side eye. Um, But we're here to, of course, talk about Disney Plus's new film release, Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, starring John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. I almost said Adam Sandler. That would have been weird. Uh, of course, <laughs> they as the voice of the iconic Chippendale, and this was directed by Akiva Schaefer, The Lonely Island, and of course, this is a reboot 
of sorts or a reimagining of the 1989 cult classic Disney cartoon series, Chippendales Rescue Rangers. So, guys, let's start it off. Um, how many of you guys, besides Oldie McFoldy, who's talking right now, um, actually watched Rescue Rangers um, when it was on the air? I know some of you were probably in swaddling clothes. Um, I, I was, uh, I wasn't born yet, but I definitely remember watching like repeats on Disney. I was always like a very like old school anime, even like before I knew what that was. Like I was watching, you know, Tom and Jerry and, uh, bugs and all the Looney Tunes. So I was always like used to older things. And my sister would always introduce me to stuff too, because we were like a three year difference. So I think I remember watching it. It wasn't like my favorite show but if it was on like i'm watching it like for sure oh and it's chip and dale rescue rangers you keep saying chip and dales and i don't know why because <laughs> they own it he's got it their, he's got dancing their, it's their possessive it is they own the they are they there's their no it's brand. saying they're chip and dale colon rescue rangers their their outfit their llc i've seen the paperwork <laughs> they own goddamn company and i have a kid in the room so i can't swear motherfucker uh so tommy did, were you a fan of this were you, were you watching uh monterey jack zipper gadget in the gang <laughs> i was but not right when it came out see i was born in 89 so if i did watch it it was my brother watching the first run of it and me not really paying attention but i definitely that's kind of the mid 90s disney channel started to do their reruns of things that's when I watched it, that and Darkwing Duck and Tailspin and all the Disney afternoon things that kind of came back into popularity in the 90s. Oh, Kelly, I mean, do you want to make it three for four that, you know, no one was born in the 80s but me? <laughs> well, I was born in 88, so I think I was old enough to register shapes, colors and movements by the time that this had been airing. So I do remember watching it and enjoying it. Um, you know, cartoons. So, so for me, uh, I was seven years old when this came out, uh, the same age as my daughter who watched it with me, who will be making a cameo later. Um, so it was wild. And it was a part of the original Disney afternoon. I, and I also have had to explain to her, which is wild that there were cartoons on in the mornings before you went to school on Saturday mornings. And there were cartoons after you came home from work uh, school. And she's like, that never happened, and I had to explain the whole thing to her. But the Disney afternoon didn't run for quite some time. So, guys, what was your number? Like lightning round a little bit. What was your number one go-to Disney afternoon show? Because for me, Ducktales, the OG Ducktales, and of course, Al. If you've listened to the first season of this podcast, Al and I uh, effuse tremendously about the newer Ducktales. R.I.P bullshit that it was canceled but whatever um so guys what was your favorite uh disney afternoon uh installment uh kelly i'll go with you first um i have a bit of a toss-up at aladdin and gargoyles i really gargoyles. love gargoyles is good. oh gargoyles is so good oh so underrated tommy uh i mean ducktales is the easy answer i could probably quote that show the moment I started to the moment an episode ends, but uh, I'm going to go with a deep cut. And it's, we talked about this pre pod as well. Uh, Mighty Ducks animated series was also one of my, oh my God. 
I forgot about that one. I forgot about that one too. I, I, I forgot Aladdin was a cartoon. So Al, what do you have? And Gargoyle um, pick, so. that was my I, I don't know if it, like, again, I was so young that I didn't really, I don't know if it was like afternoon or whatever. Recess was probably mine. Uh, I adored recess. No, no one knows recess. Are you too old for recess, Bill? Yeah. What, what are you talking about, Bill? <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. I am. You know, recess. recess no, I think great. I am. I think I am way too old for that. Explain the premise. I want to know these things now. It's a bunch it's of kids. Title. It's a bunch of kids at recess. It's the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's like uh, just go fucking watch recess, man. It's a great show. Great show. They made a movie too. I saw it in theaters. I remember that. It was a yeah, movie. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Recess schools out. Recess schools out. That's right. Bill, get it? School's out because it's recess, you know? No, no. It's I understood summer. the pun. Okay. okay. I, I'm a dad. <laughs> I get shitty jokes. Uh, just yeah. making sure. Yeah. Making I, sure you're with us. They were just big Alice Cooper fans. So that's why they named it. Oh, you know, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and there was I a have... great, there's a great line where I always remember, like, literally the only thing I remember from that whole movie is um, the mean, like, teacher that no one liked um, was. Uh, a good guy at the time and literally says the line hey teacher leave those kids alone and i'm like <laughs> fuck yeah even at like seven i'm like i know what that means oh i i remember the little guy the guy with his the red hat on backwards like that strikes me but this show was on for 10 seasons i have yeah because it was great it's a great show the things you learn on this. Welcome podcast. to our recess podcast, everyone. Yeah, this is. I'm, I'm taking this over. <laughs> Good. I can take a break. I need one. Um, somehow, I also, I've, by looking that up, I have a, I have a, I pulled up a ticket of a show I went to in January. That was really weird. The internet's great. Um, let's get into the the actual the actual concept of this movie. So when Disney Plus had that call during the early, you know, season one of COVID. Um, they were basically like, hey, if we have a logo for it, we're making a show out of it or a movie out of it. It's going to be on Disney Plus. And one of the things they talked about was we're going to do Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. And it's going to be with John Mulaney and Andy Samberg, period. We're moving on. Based on that alone, what did you guys think? Because I had nightmares of this is going to be Alvin and the Chipmunks. And they're going to be essentially Chippendale and the Rescue Rangers are going to um, interacting with live action, John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. And I pray to God that it's not the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, Obviously, I was going through a dark time. Uh, Guys, what did you think when you heard that just initial concept a few years ago? Kelly, I'm going to start with you first. Were you excited or are you like, oh, God, this is a this is an idea. I was tentatively excited. Um, I really enjoy the comedy of John Mulaney and I love his delivery. So I wanted to have faith that they would be able to utilize that in a, you know, smart and fun way. And, um, you know, I also love Andy Samberg. I think he's adorable. I love most of his, you know, fun comedic movies like uh, Hot Rod and um, Pop Star and stuff like that. Like I just genuinely enjoy him. So um yeah i was i was tentatively excited and uh i think that paid off uh tommy what about you what uh, what, did fear strike you in your stomach or were you like listen i'll give it a shot you know it was neither i remember hearing about it and like okay and then it just sort of i continued living my life for another year year and a half or whatever i was like i I like both of them they're funny we'll we'll see what happens 
And then I forgot about it. And then the trailer hit. And I immediately was like, May 13th or whenever it came out, I was like, write that day down because that movie looks hilarious. Um, Al, you I know you are a, a Brooklyn Nine-Nine aficionado. The Lonely Island is the island you would love to live on. Uh, what do you what was your thoughts when you just heard of the conceit of this movie? I think I'm pretty sure we were chatting while the thing was happening, because that's usually what happens with any big pop culture moment. Yep. And I remember saying that is like something along the lines of like, that is the best idea I've ever heard. And I was like, oh, God, because that's usually how it goes. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's two two of my favorite comedic like actors, creators around right now. Like me and you are literally seeing Mulaney in the summer. Yeah, we are. Yeah. um, I've seen him. I think I've seen him more than I've seen some of the bands that I love. I've uh, live and uh, I've loved uh, Andy Samberg since Hot Rod and the Lonely Island and his, you know, the beginnings of SNL, his time in SNL. Um, I thought it was just going to be, I, I, I think the reason I was excited wasn't just because of them, just the idea of why would they want to do this? And I'm like, oh, they're going to put such a unique spin on it that it's going to be worth the, the two names associated with it. It wasn't going to just be like, we're going to go get, you know, Chris Pratt and we're going to make a Mario movie. Like, it's not the same thing when, when you hear those two people you're like oh this is going to be a lot of fun um and inventive and that's exactly what we got with this movie isn't is charlie day actually going to be luigi i i hope so <laughs> you got you have to make that movie fun. <laughs> now one of the things that you know this essentially was when this hit how we all you know we went from there every one of us saw the trailer and since you know we saw this the day it came out so we don't have to tell you how much that trailer sold all of us but what was something that like what we were all excited about what was one thing that really surprised took you by surprise about this film for me it was the cameos from other animated properties like you're seeing people characters from big mouth and thundercats and insert any cartoon essentially and i was so surprised that this being a disney film they were able to go the full Roger Rabbit with it and get, you know, bring it all of animation into this. Um, what about you guys? Uh, Al, I'm going to start, go back to you first. What, uh, what was it that surprised you most about this film? Yeah, I, I think I have to, I have to agree. Like they literally made a, this generation's who framed Roger Rabbit. And I think that this is more about instead of, the trailer kind of post the movie seeing it was like, and the reception that a movie is getting is like, what the hell is wrong with Disney? And why didn't they put this in the theaters? It was crazy. Like this is a, like a, you know, animated generational moment where we're seeing crossovers that we haven't, we haven't seen this level of, of, uh, you know, studios getting along for a hot minute since, the late eighties. Like this is, I ne- we never thought that would happen again. My, my film teacher in school said this will never happen again <laughs> after we watched who frame Roger Rabbit. Um, so that was super surprising. Just like the, the magnitude of which we got to see all of these characters that we've, you know, never thought would interact with each other at all. And uh, just, I guess the freedom they had to do whatever, again, whatever the fuck they wanted to do. That was a little surprising just from the trailer alone, just saying like, wow, they could just 
they literally got carte blanche to do whatever they wanted. It's crazy. Kelly, what about you? What was uh, what was something that really surprised you about this film? Um, I would say the depth in which they were able to be self-referential like and even self-depreciating at times to the Disney legacy was a really bold move for something under the Disney umbrella. Um, how weird it got at certain points was just uh, the most refreshing thing I think I've seen from them in terms of unique content in quite some time. So it really blew me away. I was incredibly impressed. Tommy, what took you by surprise when you were watching this film? Like what really just were you like, you know what? This is one I was, I did not expect this. All right. This is actually a a little bit of a short story long sort of thing here. my favorite Disney character ever is Peter Pan. Love that movie since I was a child. Still love it to this day. Wow. I can take my really shirt off, but I have a big Peter Pan tattoo right here. So the fact that when they were like, oh, you got to meet, you know, the guy behind all this. And then Peter Pan pops up from behind the desk and he's got five o'clock shadow and he's fat and hairy arms, gold chain around his neck. I, my wife said, and I quote, I have never heard you laugh like that before. Because I was, I had to pause the movie. I was laughing for like three straight minutes. And she's like, are you okay? And I was like, I did not expect that. It makes absolute sense. This is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. That's amazing. amazing. Now, speaking of amazing, we do have to take a a small interruption here because there was someone in this room that this is their favorite movie and asked to come on the podcast to talk yeah. about her favorite part in this movie. So ladies and gentlemen, making her full fledged podcast debut. Finally, after <laughs> doing backflips on my bed for two years while I do this, Miss Sophie Bodkin, welcome to the show. Woo. You're going to talk into there. So Sophie, what was your favorite part of Chippendale rescue Rangers? When they were kids. When they were kids, when they had their little table in school. Why was that your why was that your favorite part? You don't know. Who was your favorite character in the movie? Uh, Dale. Dale was your favorite character? Why was Dale your favorite character? Because he's funny. He's funny. You want to say anything else? Okay, that was Sophie Bodkin's uh, critique and her thoughts. I have never seen this child get so giddy when that little table was in the cafeteria. She just was like, it was like, she, you know how you see when you see something cute and you just go, oh, that was her. She was loved every second of it. And that's the crazy, the thing I love about, also I loved about this movie was they were able to, uh, and it surprised me, they were able to both appeal to the people who watched it when it came out like me and then kids and to laugh at a lot of the weird stuff. Well, that made me very proud as my daughter now tries to stab me with something sharp. Um, (laughs) Oh, thank God. (laughs) Cause that that actually scared me. I don't have my glasses on. So that ladies and gentlemen, Sophie Bodkin. Thank you. So let's give a round of applause for Sophie. I'm all nervous about that. So good job, kiddo. We talked about the cameos in this film, the characters that popped up and surprised us, and even some of the vocal uh, 
cameos that were there. What was the one? I think Tommy, you kind of going to repeat your answer, but what was your favorite cameo or inclusion of an animated character in this in this film? So, Al, I'm going to start with you. It could be one that was on for a couple seconds. Could have a meaty role. What animated cameo were you really into? Okay, so it's technically not a cameo, and I don't want to steal uh, Kelly's. I don't want to steal Kelly's. <laughs> no, the the one that made me laugh the most from the trailer, and then I got to see it kind of like the full fledged version was uh, <laughs> Peter Pan's henchmen were the Coca Cola polar bear, which is great all by itself. Uh, but the but his other henchman, played by Seth Rogen, um, was basically the Zemeckis Beowulf character. Um, One of the worst movies ever. Yeah. And again, and we'll get into it, is the the fact that they were like paying homage, celebrating, and also just destroying animation all at the same time. It was incredible. Like, again, the reason you put these people involved, you know, the, the Lonely Island team is just like they can just... You know, there's so many like layers of why this movie works so well. Uh, Tommy, are you going to stick with Peter Pan or do you have someone else you want to give a little a love to? I mean, that was the one that got me. That was probably my favorite, but there were so many other small cameos in there that you're just sitting there like, oh, 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 Randy Marsh out of nowhere from South Park. Yeah, was one of them. <laughs> that was a good one. I was like, oh, Randy Marsh. Uh, <laughs> And he's like, he's pretty much naked in a, in a towel in a sauna. Um, <laughs> that one made me chuckle. There was obviously some Disney ones. Seeing Darkwing Duck at the end was pretty fun. Uh, and then there was also um, kind of the, the one that also made me laugh was Pete from um, Goofy. Yes. But also, he was Latin, if that makes sense. And it doesn't yes. make sense out of context, but that was a, he was, he was a red herring. Yeah. He was a red, like I thought he was going to be the Pete that they were talking about. And then it was Peter Pan. <laughs> right. And I said to my wife, I'm like, is it, is it the goofy villain? And she's like, I don't know. And then it happened. And I'm like, oh, look, it's Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, because I want you to have all the time you need. Yeah, um, there you go. You got this. Me, I always, as a kid, always loved Monterey Jack. It was they, So anytime I, I, even to this day, I, when someone, I have to say the word zipper, I'm always like, zipper. And everyone's like, what is that from? I'm like, it's Monterey Jack from Chippendale Rescue Rangers. And they're like, I don't know what that is. And I'm like, yeah, Sophie loves Monterey Jack. The fact that uh, uh, he was basically uh, playing a uh, strung out former star and it was Eric Bana. <laughs> I know you did. Um, I, I, Eric Bana. And he was, my wife told me, she's like, you know, that's Eric Bana. And I'm just like, that's the greatest performance he's ever given because he's so like the same high energy, the buoyant Monterey Jack. Oh. And, but at also really desperate and it's doing terrible and implied that he has done terrible things. And like, I loved it. And Banna was just so great at it. You've made up for the Hulk, Eric. You've done it. Finally. <laughs> Finally. But Kelly, I just, the floor is yours. Okay. So obviously, Ugly Sonic. Ugly Sonic has taken the internet by storm twice now. <laughs> Ugly Sonic shows that the people truly do have power because we 
made them put him away. And now he's back and we put him up on a pedestal as like the greatest in joke of this entire movie. And it's like cemented in history forever now on Disney plus ugly Sonic is like the biggest win of this movie. I love ugly Sonic. Oh, I can see his teeth behind you and your background. It's freaking me out again. <laughs> I Sophie didn't get why the teeth were there, but I neither like, did my wife. I'm like, I'm like, it's ugly Sonic. She's like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> Megan is you don't have to explain it to me. No, no but it was <laughs> but I'm going second, to anyway. The second time it came back to the teeth where they were just focusing on it. Mm-hmm. She thought it was hilarious. And then someone mentioned the FBI. She's like, Ugly Sonic's in the FBI. And everyone's like, what's Ugly Sonic? I'm like, it's okay. It's like my Zippa thing. Yeah, it's not for You love Ugly Sonic, right? Was it Ugly Sonic, Uglier Crimes or something? <laughs> God, yeah. I'm just going to say, it's pretty impressive that Sonic has been in three movies, twice regular, once ugly, and they're all good. It's... I, I, the so I didn't, I didn't see the second half of Sonic 2 because my son was not uh, behaving and we had to take him out. So I've seen half of the Sonic sequel. <laughs> I, I, I saw the Sonic sequel. I also, during that, uh, walked out to get food and watched two guys have a Pier 6 brawl on Easter Sunday, beating the crap out of each other. One guy tried to pull a knife. And then this one, I go back, it's like, I have to pee. And I'm like, can you hold it? She's like, nope. So they're still fighting and she's skipping along. And I'm like trying to shield her off two hours of a panic attack. In my stomach <laughs> car. People are like, you need to stop them. Thank you. Uh, you need to stop them. I'm like, I'm not going to stop them. <laughs> that was, and I sat back and I'm just like, ah, my hands are shaking and everyone's like, you're okay. I'm like, no, I'm not. Okay. Jer- Jersey represent. Oh, no, <laughs> I knew things were bad when I heard, you know, this isn't Brooklyn. And I'm like, Oh God, <laughs> we're in for one. Oh, yeah. No. That was the best fight. As someone who covered bars at the Jersey shore for 10 years, they all paralleled in comparison to that Sonic, the hedgehog to fight. Um, no knuckles is better no shadow is better oh god but i also love the fact that he ends up being a hero in the end um, FBI, show. fbi sonic that's right sophie he comes in at the end it is i think one of the oddest but most satisfying payoffs i've seen in a movie in a long time they set here's, it up perfectly here's my question would you guys be opposed to an ugly sonic movie yes yes i think it's too it's it's the perfect amount of joke the only thing i would accept is like a an ugly sonic short but it's literally an episode of ugly sonic ugly ugly crimes like that is the extent like a bonus on disney plus i'm fine with that They've been very weird with these little shorts they've been doing where they're not really promoting them that well. And I don't know why they're doing them, but that is something that they could do. And um, I think it would be funny if they got like the same writers, creative team to do it. But that's it. That's the extent. Kelly. I agree with Al 100 percent. Yeah. Let's go into what the uh, like, of course, Sophie talked about. Her favorite one was the sweet moment of the meet cute between Chip and Dale uh, when they're sitting at a table together. Um, what was your, what was your favorite moment in this film? Um, for me, it was a very small moment that I felt very seen at. Son of a bitch. Uh, and it was when, uh, 
Chip is walking home with his ear pods in. First off, the ear pods were amazing. AirPods were amazing. And then he takes it out and he's listening to Lamb of God. And I'm just like, oh, I feel seen because I can't tell you how many times I'm dressed up nice for work, quote unquote. And um, I'm at like today, like a bougie son of a bitch getting lunch at Whole Foods. And I take my thing and I'm listening to like Armored Saint. And I'm just like, they're like, what would you like? I'm just like, can you deliver? Oh, yeah. You know, I'll just I'll pay with credit. Thanks. And I'll take that bag. Um, so I felt very seen. And that was one of my great moments and yes al did point that out to me and i was like but when i that it was lamb of god but when i saw that i just was like god someone has been watching me do this in my the, the internet to be fair the internet i'm not a lamb of god fan the internet pointed that out to me that who it was but like that was the first i mean it was pretty early on in the movie but it's the first time my wife and i both like like literally laughed out loud <laughs> um no so, i love so good so kelly besides ugly sonic what was the what was your favorite part of this movie? Um, I would say the part shortly after yours where um, Chip sees that he has a message on his landline and just Don Mulaney's delivery of there's a message on my landline. I don't <laughs> like that. I think I it really <laughs> speaks to our millennial fear of just the phone just the phone talking on the phone is really terrible getting a message is even worse so um i love that part um yes that, that i also love his delivery of life is terrible and i'm like yeah i i i feel that in my soul uh tommy what was your i believe i know what it is uh what is your favorite scene in this movie uh, I'm going to not repeat myself and say the Peter Pan part. Cause I mean, that would be number one, but I got a good chuckle out of the uh, dimensions in this movie. For instance, when they're in Monterey's apartment and the detective whose name I cannot remember is kind of leaning down to talk to them. And then it's like a wide shot and she's on the street, normal sized, but the apartment that Monterey <laughs> lives in is tiny and she's kind of bending down to talk to Chippendale in this tiny little apartment that you can only assume is on a lawn somewhere in between these regular sized human buildings. So who thinks of that? Who thinks like, well, of course, the dimensions have to be perfect like that. Geniuses. Geniuses. Al, what, what, what was your favorite part? Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite, but I, I do really enjoy, I mean, everything at the convention, I think, is just kind of great the whole convention scene and anytime they go back to it like <laughs> like again the levels of this movie i mean tommy's talking about like how well they were with like the proportions and everything but like the fact that you know rescue rangers wasn't real life for them they were acting in a show and all of those things are their characters who are playing these characters or whatever it's, it's a very meta the fact that like they they point out like oh blue had a cgi makeover and now he's famous again <laughs> and he's singing like he's doing like show tunes or whatever or jazz hits on stage i was like this is great um i just like all of those kind of levels of like i go to conventions they nailed what a convention is it's like a bunch of like you know former stars or very niche stars uh with booths you know seeing their regular fans and things like that and very short lines and all that kind of stuff and then there's places that are very popular very big like the, the big celebrities so like they kind of nailed convention culture pretty well in just a short amount of time nice 
I gotta throw a shout out to Batman versus ET as well. Oh, that's so oh, fucking God. funny. That was so funny. They nailed that too. Uh <laughs> again, I don't know how they got away. No, any of this. <laughs> Mr. Doubtfire with Meryl Streep was another one. <laughs> that's that's oh now I get it. That's why they were allowed, they weren't doing this in theaters. That has to be it. Yeah, it has to be it, Royalties. right? Yeah. Royalties. Yeah. It has to be. Ugly Sonic is literally a character in the movie who has significant plot points that he is to be involved in. I wonder if they were like, hey, if you put this in theaters, like we need to get like a quarter of the profits. They're like, right. fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> We'd rather get subscribers. Yeah, no, I yeah, I'm trying to see if there was any other ones. But yeah, th- those movie posters in the background were amazing. That's that's one thing that's great about this. Oh, like oh, there are so was many- it Mr. Doubtfire with yeah, <laughs> Meryl Streep. It's, uh, it's Meryl Streep. Yeah, there's so many little things that are that are in this movie. Or you just see oh. just random characters in the background, like walking to a bus, and you're yeah, like, yeah. perfect. Oh, um, and wait, real quick, and the fact that cheese is a drug in this universe. What was that? His, the fact that cheese is a drug in this universe was so funny. Cheese is I, I. You know what? I also have to give them a lot of credit for the. Um, I, I, and it goes back to Sweet Pete is the is the bootleg, like that whole thing of bootlegging and how it was like it was like Beauty and the Dog creature, and it was like how they basically would just disfigure them in order just to make cheap DVD profits because Peter Pan, and basically spoofing all of like what Disney did was like watering down their products with really bad, you know, yeah. sequels that straight went straight to, straight, to straight to VHS tapes. I mean, I, I remember consuming so many of them when I was younger, right? And I still think Family Guy did one of the best ones was like, uh, I think Stewie picks up a, uh, it's like a VHS and it's like <laughs> Aladdin five Jafar needs glasses. And it cuts to him at like the optometrist or whatever, <laughs> or whatever, whoever does eyes is <laughs> number one or number two, two, number two or number three. It's so dumb, but perfect. Cause it's like, yeah, they like, they just threw these movies out and they didn't even have to make any sense. And it, and it was the perfect to me, the per, and uh, you guys agree, disagree, the perfect, you know, this is the Roger Rabbit of this generation because it was they even they even reference it with uh, Dip or whatever it was like when they're opening up like uh, Sweet Peas open and stuff. And it, that's one of the things it's just talking about how they're not erasing tunes, but they're just repackaging them and yeah. mutilating them. And one second and uh, doing all that with um, uh, just trying to make money off of them. Um, and the fact that they threw Roger Rabbit in it, too, of course, got to get his little cameo. Yeah. And I mean, he is he is the the architect of this, right? He's the originator of the multiverse, I'd say, in animation. Pretty much, and definitely in animation, for sure. And, of course, DJ Skycat and Paula Abdul. <laughs> oh, my God. When I saw Paula Abdul, I'm like, that is so goddamn crazy. It's so crazy. Sophie was also a big fight of the fighting cats uh, that were in the <laughs> backstage of Di- at Disney. Or, or furry fighting, I think they were called. Yeah. I, I keep cursing and I forget that Sophie's in the background. You really need to get headphones. Yeah, she's it's not registering. Don't worry. Got it. Keep going. <laughs> Trust me, I get lectured all the time about words I shouldn't say by a seven. This is the only time I curse. I can't curse around the house anymore. And so if you're not listening, right? Because I have uh, a, a three-year-old who has he's like a full-on parrot and will copy everything I say. It's too yeah. smart. They, Way too smart. They they do that. Nothing beats 
when your one-year-old drops the F-bomb in front of your wife. And the reason she did it is because of you. <laughs> so, yes, I was on the uh, receiving end of that lecture. Um, here's the question. I would, like, we all love this movie. Do we want to see, do we want to play more in this sandbox of Chippendale Rescue Rangers? We talked about like Ugly Sonic. Okay. can be like, he can be a short. We don't, we don't need a hopeful Ugly Sonic movie. But a Chippendale Rescue Rangers 2 with the same vocal cast, with the same team, is that something, well, I'm getting a thumbs up and a big nod from little one over there. But do you guys, is that something that you guys would want? Or do you think that would kind of ruin it? That would kind of almost be going against the whole point of this movie. I I, I don't think it would ruin it necessarily. It have to be the right idea. And I think they could just like, again, use the platform to just make fun of sequels. Right. Like I think the, the great example of which is like 22 jump street, the whole movie is just making fun of sequels. And I think that's great. But again, it has to be the right idea because the way that they set up the universe was rescue Rangers is a show that they acted on and they kind of set up the end that, you know, let's do a reboot of rescue Rangers. So that could be the concept, but the whole idea of them being, you know, actual detectives, they, just did it so they can go find their friend. They're not necessarily, they weren't like appointed as actual detectives. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like they have to figure that out and then probably also make fun of sequels in the process. Cause all they did was make fun of reboots in this. And so I, I guess that's the only way I would want to see it. They could do it. Kelly, I'd, I'd watch it. Would you want a sequel to this? Or are you good? I think I'm good. Nice. I like that. That's also good a good point. answer. That's a great point. <laughs> Tommy, um, I mean, would I watch a sequel? Yes, of course I'm going to, but I don't need one. This kind of fulfilled everything it needed to, and it's like sort of lightning in a bottle thing. I'm gonna throw it to wrestling for a second. We needed Roxena once. We didn't need it twice. I so. didn't. I didn't even need it once. But that's just like <laughs> uh, I guess I got a blow dart in my ear. Um, I don't need a sequel to this. I know. I will watch it because little one over here who is doing something um, it wants to watch it and I will long watch tube. it long too. But yes, I know, but all right, relax. Uh, but I will, I think like you said, man, it's lightning in a bottle. It, 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 it's just so perfect for what it is. It was like stranger things season one, since that's coming out this weekend is like that to me was so perfect. Then they're like, we need more. And they're like, of course we have more stories to tell. And you're like, you're a film. And they're writing it down. (laughs) As they're just like, uh, get a new character. Uh, you know, more spooky, get Rudy to be in it. Um, so yeah, it's stuff like that. I, I I think, I, I think like that almost would go against the point. And to Al's point, these guys are smart enough to write a very good movie that could do that. I just don't know if we need it. I would love it if there was a modern Chippendale Rescue Rangers cartoon and Sandberg and Mulaney, you know, were both like, hey, we're dads now. So let's do an animated version of it for our kids. And Eric Bana comes along as a strong out, you know, Monterey Jack, because I mean, that's what I'm here for mm-hmm. is just the former alcoholic, Monterey, you know, cheeseaholic Monterey Jack. I want uh, that. Again, though, they put on voices. And they do the homages to the original voice. I don't know mm-hmm. if they brought the original voice cast back for it. I think they did for cameos 
when they, no, do they like brought that. it they brought the only original vocal cast member from the show was gadget because dennis haysbert who we didn't mention was zipper because zipper never talked and apparently they got together and had 42 children mm-hmm. um so but yeah appara- they- but apparently they made cameos yeah, because those are all Disney. Like those people are like all Disney like staples who did yes. every voice ever, except the original Monterey Jack. I want to say was also the voice of Optimus Prime. It was, <laughs> it was. But anyway, what I'm saying is they they put on voices like the when they do the high pitch voices. So it wouldn't mm-hmm. be if they're doing a Rescue Rangers reboot, a la Ducktales, which is amazing. Woo-hoo. Then Melanian. And um, Sandberg wouldn't be the voices. It would be the high-pitched version voices, I guess, in their universe. That's, I don't know. Yeah, I'm overthinking sense. it, but at the same no, time. No, but I mean, it is true. Yeah. It is true. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would be okay if they did that. Like, I, I like the show enough, and I think you now have kids who like the show, and you could do that. But as for this movie, it's just like, let's just let's just leave it alone. Let's just, this is good. And this, I think this is a movie that has a lot of, a lot of staying power that people are going to want to go back to because it is very funny and very original. And there's so much to me. And, um, you know what, let's go into the, and I'll get into this part so we can all get into our final rating on the, the film, which I forgot to give these guys, but we do it in every podcast. Al, what are we rating on a scale of one to 10? What? Oh, uh, one to 10, uh, shitty bootleg movies. <laughs> One to ten shitty bootleg movies. What do you give this? How do you rank it? Since I just sprung it on you guys, I will give you time to think about it. I'm going to go with um, probably one of my highest ratings. I'm going to go with a nine for this one. Nine shitty bootleg movies. Because to me, this is the closest thing we're going to get to like a classic like Zucker Brothers airplane type movie of the modern time because those movies uh, like were so smart or Mel Brooks. It was so smart. It was actually more Mel Brooks. Like if you would look at um, a lot of how like um, young Frankenstein or blazing saddles, how it like sent it, like it was a commentary on a genre of, of Hollywood. And, but it was also its own smart thing. And it was also very funny on its own. And unfortunately, a lot of those, as those guys got older, just devolved into it's just funny jokes and cameos and blah, blah, blah. And it's Leslie Nielsen. And you're like, mm, okay, like that, you just took it too far and you killed it. But this reminds me of how like it was incredible. And that's one of the things it was an incredibly smart movie. It's incredibly fun. And Disney has a, their geniuses because they have now found the way to be like, let's make this more nostalgic shit for 30 and 40 year olds who now have kids who are going to be like, enjoy my nerdy shit. Watch it with me which is exactly what I did. And it appeals. They found a way to make it appeal to both audiences in a way that when I watched Robert Roger, I almost called it Robert rabbit. That's his attorney brother, uh, Roger rabbit. It scared the crap out of me when I was young because I watched Christopher Lloyd and I'm like, that frightens me. And it was way, <laughs> while it was very smart, it was way darker than I was used to. Whereas this was lighter it still got the same point across and my daughter, I watched it with her and she was very scared that when Chippendale went into the bootleg machine, that they were going to get hurt. She was like, Oh no. And she was very, very tense during the scene, but overall she really liked the movie and she found it really funny in her own way. As I found it funny in my own way, that's not easy to do without pandering to parents as a parent who watches a lot of really shitty movies. 
um, they pander. And this was not it. This was just very clever. So now that I've rambled, I've given you guys enough time to think about, hey, here we go. Um, I'll start with you first, because our opinions matter the least on this panel. Uh, on a scale of one to 10 shitty bootleg movies, what do you give this? So I give this a nine, I think. I think I think it really deserves it. I don't know why it doesn't hit a 10 for me. Um probably has to do i think i think the ugly sonic reveal at the end was great i just i think i was expecting a little more i mean like literally when they brought in the one character and Melanie's like oh it's because we needed her like like it, it literally he like threw like the line and it made sense and it was funny at the time but at the same time like they really like they kind of just shoehorned her in for no reason um so i felt that was a little mismanaged there but at least they commented on it it gets a nine for me though, because it's so freaking good. It was so enjoyable, so funny. I could rewatch this. I could show my my kid this. Um, he could watch this now and then any other year in his life, and I think still find it really funny. I think the only thing I'm worried about though is like with Disney dipping into the well, rebooting a lot of stuff. I I'm worried that he's not going to grow up with his own things. It's always going to be they're going to be reboots or something of of other stuff, stuff that I grew up on and which is fine. It's cool. But at the same time, it's like, you know, we, we spent like 10 minutes talking about recess earlier. Like is, is he's, is he going to grow up with a reboot of recess or is he going to find his own recess? I don't know. I, I just, the only thing he has right now is bluey in terms of like originality. Everything else is, you know, the 98th reboot of something that he likes or YouTube. Yeah. If I have to watch one more kid, or a grown ass adult open a toy on YouTube. I'm gonna gets, lose gets, my shit. It only gets worse. It only gets worse. Let me tell you, I've been doing this for years. The YouTube families, fuck them, fuck them all. My kids out of the room, fuck them. Good. I, I know. Hate them. <laughs> I hate them all. I, I hate truly, all. I truly don't like them at all. They're the fucking worst. Oh god, it feels so liberating to say all. My, this. my I, si- I remember my my sister's like, you should do this, and I'm like, I don't have the time. Or want to put this content into the world. I don't have more of this. I am not a whore and I do not have this sort of ego and I don't want to document every second of my life. It's just like they literally. I do have all of those things you just mentioned, but it really goes back to the timing. It really goes back to the timing. Like I don't have the time to do it. Ah, sorry, Kylie and Tommy. This is just dad's. <laughs> dad, dad, this, you're this back to dad, dad, dad talk. This is dad talk. It's, it's, it's the worst. But uh, I do recommend you guys watching Bluey. It is a, it is a, it is a wonderful, heartwarming and funny cartoon from Australia where the parents definitely have hangovers and definitely don't know what to do all the time, but are not portrayed as doofuses. Um, it's really wonderful. And my wife and I will watch it without my daughter. <laughs> Um, but so Tommy on a scale of one to 10 shitty, uh, reboots, no nope. uh, bootleg, the, uh, bootleg. <laughs> bootlegs. Yes. bootlegs. Um, what do you give this film? I've got to go a 9.5 shitty bootleg DVDs out of 10. This filled every childhood nostalgic memory without using the word you did pandering, uh, to me or you know i don't have kids but i'd assume children as well this was filled with the right amount of nostalgia and callbacks and point them out moments 
that I absolutely loved. This is tied with everything, everywhere, all at once. This is my favorite movie of the year so far, which is a high bar because that movie was also phenomenal. So it's, it made me so happy. And my wife, who's eight years younger than I, I got to kind of explain some of these things that she didn't grow up with to her. And she's like, that all sounds really interesting. And I'm like, I know, right? Good thing I have Disney Plus. I can show it all to you. Yeah. And Kelly, finally, we say we, we save. Well, I don't want to insult Tommy. I was going to say we save the best for last, but you know, <laughs> let's just admit it. Well, I guess I'll see myself out. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'll, I, I should have seen myself out on episode one. Um, so, Kelly, what do you give this? Uh, um, sorry, Al just mentioned me something and just completely destroyed my mind. Yep. What do you give this on a scale of one to ten? Um, I am also going to give it nine shitty bootleg movies. Um, I, I agree with what everybody said. It really hit so many like great notes. Um, like I had uh, said to you when we were chatting, it from the get-go was just hilarious and, and it didn't stop being funny and it didn't stop being uplifting. So, and it's something you can go back and you can like catch the things that you miss, like um, the Easter eggs, all that stuff. Um, so it, it just, it was a really, really fun time and much needed during this week. Yeah. Kelly, are you Agreed. wearing an everything all at once shirt? Yes. Incredible. I saw the, oh, I didn't even notice that. I was just like, yeah. I was just <laughs> okay. like, I, so, so Alfred has not seen it yet and it really, cool. really needs to. Yeah, uh, is a, she's a treasure. <laughs> If, if you is guys it, have never seen Super Cop, please change your lives. It's amazing. When is it coming to streaming? Like, I, I have a big TV here. Like, I know I, I have to see it in theaters, but it's doing it, really well. It is doing so well in theaters. Yeah. It at the showroom is going on to its seventh week, which is fantastic for a tiny theater. And they believe it's already surpassed Uncut Gems in yes. terms of the wow. A24's highest grossing film. Crazy. They they think it's going to stay in theaters through the summer. They really I, it's amazing. Have that power. That's fantastic. It's there's just, there's a little small thing that they did on Letterbox when you watch a movie. There's like a green eye that shows you watched it, but if you click, you watched everything everywhere all at once. It's a little googly eye. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't know. That was brilliant. Whoever did that, give them a raise. Smart. I just every every time someone mentions that movie, I'm just like, I, I need to go see it. The last movie I saw was Sonic Two. Um, half, half. I didn't even get to see the full thing. Uh, but guys, uh, there's so Al, you brought up something. I, I just want to address. You got uh, Tommy and Kelly. You could jump in when you're talking about reboots. Yeah, I feel like that's Disney's whole thing, though, and it yeah. always has been because it's always been source material. So it's just like. Snow White. Okay, it's from this. Jungle Book's from here. This is from here. Like they've always adapted things and then redone them. So I feel like it's like how many times have they rebooted Mickey Mouse? Like how many times have they they for new generations? So I'm like not sure if like that's not out of the realm of, of you know out of Disney's wheelhouse to do that though. So I don't feel like it's we say well, there's nothing original. I'm like, well, Disney has been you know yeah, but like cycling stuff. But for Recess was original. Chippendale. Yeah. Oh yeah. DuckTales, Darkwing Duck, like all those things. I mean, Darkwing Duck is literally a spinoff of DuckTales, but you know what I mean? Like, it's, that not is what, thing. it's the best. 10 not, years. Not a real thing. 10 seasons, not whatever you said. But that's what I'm saying. Like, like those, they, they had more, I guess they had more faith in new properties than they do now. They and do that, that, that's across the board though. Like I remember, I was just watching a couple months ago I watched the uh, the Nickelodeon 
uh, the Orange Years documentary on, great I think it's on, great documentary. It's on Hulu and it's great. It's about the, the, the birth of Nickelodeon and how they evolved. And like, they were trying to capture a very specific audience and they did that. And they went to people to make new original shows because they didn't own anything that cater to that audience. And I feel like we're not doing that anymore. We are taking things that we know worked and reintroducing it to a, a new audience okay. a lot more than we are. I mean, just across the board, look at, look at every movie coming out this summer. It's a sequel or for the last 10, 15 years, it's sequels and reboots. So I just feel like I want my son um, and a future other kid to um, have things that they're like, Oh, I loved this. Even if it lasted like a season, <laughs> um, but like like I said, Bluey is is one of the only examples I can give you. Uh, there's some good stuff on the regular Disney Channel. I I do like uh, Big City Greens, and I got it's a weird little show, but I like it. Um, I'll show Parker. Yeah, he'll probably like it. So guys, we talked about cartoons from. We're talking about nostalgia. We talk like literally. Let's just like, hey, we would, well, Al would love to see this. Well, let's talk about if Disney is going to keep rebooting stuff from our Disney afternoon years. What would you want to see given a treatment like this? So, Tommy, I'm going to start with you. What do you want to be seeing given this Chippendale Rescue Ranger? Doesn't have to be a comedy, but something like this, like given this sort of reboot, what would it be? As a kid, I always used to say, bring back the Mighty Ducks, but then we got Game Changers and it sucked. So I liked it. I thought it was cute. (laughs) He's the biggest (laughs) Mighty Ducks fan on the face of the planet. Yeah, I I love Mighty Ducks too, but um, you know, I don't know if it would count as a reboot, but you you guys mentioned it a few times, and they just they criminally canceled it. The Ducktales show reboot, I guess it was from a few years ago. That was so good. Yeah, they just give that team another shot, please, and let them do it because that show was so funny. I'm gonna go with gargoyles. I want to see there has like there is doing it. I thought I heard that. Um, I think they are. I think that oh, Disney, you know, Disney beat you to the punch, dude. They're already doing it. Motherfuckers. So uh, um, I don't well, know. Isn't uh, Jordan Peele involved? I feel like I saw that. I yeah. could be wrong. Hold I think on. you are. I think you are totally right. Oh, man. Okay, my, pick is, my pick is so good. Okay, well, it's then I have. to blow your fucking brain. Well, since mine was wrong, um, I have a backup. Uh, and that would be um, that would be Tailspin because we got a Good one. we got a taste of that in DuckTales. And it's such a fun show. Like the original was such a fun show that I don't know if you need to do the if you could do the DuckTales version of that, like the modern DuckTales version of that. I think that would be great because I thought they were trying to backdoor pilot that and Darkwing Duck. And I think Darkwing Duck is going to happen, but I'd rather see Tailspin. It's just me. I think it's a better show. Um, Kelly. Um, so in thinking about my favorite, which would be, I mean, Gargoyles we talked about, but um, Aladdin would be the other one. I feel like there was such a great opportunity for side quests in terms of taking what worked as a great feature or series of features and then moving it into a show to explore just like different little pockets of that world and uh, different concepts. Um, I would like to see more of that done with maybe more 
current stuff that's really popular. Um, I don't know, you think about uh, whatever current examples, like uh, maybe turning red even, like, you know, day to day in the school, like different classrooms, different students and stuff like that, like exploring these little worlds and these little side stories. I would like to see something like that kind of come about again. So what you're saying is you want to see a complete series about Four Town. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Kelly, I think you and I are both Four Townies for life. And, mm-hmm. and he and and they tour with uh Powerline from a goof. Oh thank you for thank you for going into my pick. Goof troop, <laughs> baby. Let's get that reboot. I'm surprised that hasn't happened. Come like, on. It's like everyone talks about it. Goof troop. I mean, Powerline has been trending on Twitter multiple times. This doesn't do it at this point. I, I, uh, like two years ago, I think maybe, maybe I want my son to have original stuff, but better fucking reboot Goof Troop. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. For this reason is I rewatched it a few years ago when he was like one or two. uh, uh, Goofy movie. Oh, Goofy movie. The original. And I straight up cried at the end. I like straight up cried. I've seen that movie like at least 20 times and i knew the plot and i'm like oh my god it changes you completely when you become a dad um but yeah i love both of those movies i love goof troop i love that whole family like give me that reboot that's what i need i never saw a goofy movie but i watched goof troop oh my god you need to watch a goofy movie movie. i mean there's i mean let's not trade i know but i mean like you have a kid like you have an excuse like you can actually watch that when you're hanging out with so she would love goofy movie all right, guys. So 90s. So good. It is. So, guys, that is our Chippendale Rescue Rangers uh, part of the podcast. And we're before we wrap up and say farewell, we are going to bring back one of our favorite segments uh, from years past, uh, you know, because we have been doing a lot of reviews. They have gone long. So we are bringing it back now. And that is pop culture recommendations. And, of course, if you're new to the podcast, we would talk about, you know, New or, you know, new or, you know, back in the catalog type movies, television shows, albums, songs, podcasts, comic books, books, you name it. It's our pop culture recommendation. Al, I'm going to start with you. Such a bad idea. I know. I know. Because you know what? I I have so so many. Can I just like light? I'm going to lightning round them. I'm not even going to give you explanations outside of like, it's awesome. All right. Um, The album Glow On by turnstile is my favorite record of the last like 10 years. Uh, just saw them live for the first time. Photos and review will be up on the pop uh, top five bands. I think I've ever seen live. Oh my God. Like religious experience. Absolutely amazing. Sorry. That was not lighting around turnstile glow on um, new season of Atlanta. Incredible so far. Um, better call Saul. Amazing. If you're not catching up. Um, oof. I have so many. Uh, the new the the debut album from Wet Leg, great. Uh, my God, what else? I feel like I'm at a award speech right now. I had so many. Oh, um, older. I am uh, currently reading the uh, the entire Silver Surfer by Dan Slott and Mike Alred. Or it's also Alred. my nickname. Alred, uh, Silver Surfer. Um, incredible. If you love Doctor Who, um, or just like fun space adventures. Absolutely amazing read. Um, an omnibus, I believe, uh, 
was it's out of print because it's so uh, well received. Uh, that's coming back in print, I believe, that later this year. So check that out. Or you can use the Hoopla app, which I use to uh, hook up your library card. You can read uh, pretty much anything for free. It's amazing. I, I don't know why people don't know about this thing. I, we need to get them as a sponsor. Um, I think that's good for now. That's a lot. Um, but yeah, all of those things I'm really digging. Uh, because I like our guests to go last, I'll, I'll, I'll throw mine out there. It, musically, um, you know, I'm a bit of a jam band and metal guy, but the new single from Jack Johnson, uh, Meet the Moonlight, it's pretty great. I'm not going to lie. There's something about it. Just Both both singles. Uh, was it one, 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 step, one Step Ahead? Uh, yes, One Step. Actually, it was One Step Ahead. Sorry, that's the one. I Both mean. are good, though. One Step yeah. Ahead is the one you're thinking of. Yes, yeah, and that's great. It's just so beachy and wonderful, and it's just getting, like, it's a nice light song to get you in the mood for summer, and I enjoy that. And if you ever want to see me cry like a baby, Put on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which I finally watched for the first time. Mary uh, Poppins, y'all. Mary Poppins. Oh, shut up. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that don't, don't get me there. Don't do it. Uh, I, and of course, I do a podcast called Bill versus the MCU because famously on this podcast, I have said I've never finished the Marvel Cinematic Universe because I just kind of got burnt out with it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to skip all of these I, apparently really great movies. Uh, and one of them was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which I've watched twice in the past, like, week uh because one my daughter loves dancing baby Groot and two because I cry like a little baby when you when uh at the end because if you didn't watch I don't want to spoil it oh my god don't ever kill off a father figure because I will die will just it is not pretty but also Kurt Russell's in it and Kurt Russell is the fucking man um so and Dave Batista is amazing in it if you've never seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 uh watch it if it's been a long time go back and watch it it's pretty great and it's but they're really promoting it because you're going to get guardians and uh love and thunder which that trailer okay amazing you're going to get them in uh i'm Groot the animated series there's a christmas special and a guardians movie so you're going to get that and there's a new ride in epcot so it's all guardians all the time baby so tommy you're going to double or nothing this weekend you lucky son of a bitch um what do you got uh what's your pop culture recommendation God, I'm just going to say pick anything that's coming out this weekend and oh enjoy yourself. There's AW Double or Nothing. There's Top Gun Maverick and the Bob's Burger movie. Stranger Things 4, Shorzy, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Anything that NHL, as you can see in my background, the Stanley Cup playoffs are still on. So those will be on 24-7 in my house. Are the Rangers winning? That would be nice. Uh, Rangers lost today. So... Um, <laughs> So pretty much uh, I am going to be all pop cultured out all weekend. I um, think the thing I'm most excited for is Double or Nothing, though. Rent or Buy it on pay-per-view. It's going to be pretty awesome. Get to see CM Punk in his first world title match in 10 years, nine years. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm excited for. And I'll be full Danhausen makeup. Don't worry, Bill. I will send pictures. Yeah, you have to. And if you uh, don't know what Danhausen is, go look it up, Housen. It's, it's, it, it, he actually transcended pop culture he was on conan o'brien needs a friends podcast and it is an amazing episode um kelly close us out you are a purveyor of fine cinema uh what do you have to recommend for us i come to you hyper focused with a single movie title in lieu of stranger things if you dig creepy kids with powers learning about growing up autonomy in this world and becoming an adult um, I highly recommend Eskil Volt's um, The Innocence from 2021 that just broke into theaters um, earlier this month. 
I was lucky enough to go to a uh, Q&A and introduction with the director over at the um, Independent Film Center in New York. And uh, it's just an absolutely incredible film. It's based in uh, Oslo. And it the kid actors are just out of this world. And the story is absolutely amazing. So that is my huge recommend. Uh, I think everybody seek it out. It's um, one of my favorites from last year, but that I've seen this year. Excellent. Thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. And now let's plug that social media where people can find you all on Twitter. Um, Al, I, you know, I have to go with you first because I cut you off last week and you didn't get to promote anything, but you have actually have a lot to promote right now. I have things. I'm doing things. Uh, crazy. Wearing shiny Uh, suits. Wearing shiny suits for work. You can follow me at Al Manorino on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram starting to get active again because I'm taking photos at concerts, which is uh, nice. Nice to finally do again. You can see my photos of Interpol at the Met uh, at the popbreak.com um, for uh, also, I mentioned turnstile at the Fillmore Philadelphia, which is my absolutely favorite venue in the tri-state area. Uh, it's absolutely, it's so beautiful. Um, you can see uh, my photos of Deftones and Gojira um on uh, nj.com and i'm I'm taking uh photos at my first country concert this uh weekend so you can see uh probably saturday morning uh my photos of tim mcgraw uh mcgraw at at pnc bank uh i'm gonna i'm going i need to get at like some boots and a hat just you don't crush it oh yeah don't you for for sure All right. Yeah, that's that's it on plugs, but uh, lots of fun, exciting shows coming up. So pretty, pretty pumped. Uh, Tommy, where can people follow you? The only thing I do is uh, Instagram. You can find me there at Pop Culture Tommy, all one word, where I post very funny memes that I steal from people and small movie reviews. And also on Letterboxd at Pop Culture Tommy, where I also do those movie reviews. And uh, I think I'm at like 250 for the year on movies. So I think by the time the year ends, I'll hit 500, which I have yet to do even during the COVID year. So looking forward to that. Um, you might and, have to coax Tommy into a couple of reviews. Yeah. For, for <laughs> well, I will be doing a, a couple months ago. I did my 1982 in cinema review. Great. 1992 is almost finished. I just have to watch uh Chaplin, which I've actually have not seen. So, and then I should have a 1992 retrospective sent in the next two weeks or so. Excellent. So look for that. And then I'll do 2002 and 2012 by the year's end. So it's been a lot of work. I think I have had over a hundred movies on my watch list from these four years. It's going to be interesting. It's a great. Never seen Abe Lincoln Vampire Hunter. I need to see it apparently. I have. <laughs> enough. It's okay. It's not a bad movie. It's not a great movie either, but it's not bad. Uh, but Tommy's, yeah, it's 1982. I'll link that in the description. It is a great piece. I love it so much. I was really happy when Marissa uh, told me about it. I'm glad you did it, man. I'm so looking forward to it for the new one. Thank so you, uh, check that out. And Tommy, we'll be back in some shape or form on this podcast in the Absolutely. future. Uh, Kelly, where can people find you? You've got a lot of stuff going on social media, pr- promoting independent film. Uh, of course, uh, the showroom in Asbury Park. Tell us what you got going on. 
Um, so you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd, all at Kell at the Movies. And um, yeah, I'm just going to be promoting local business and uh, great independent film. What's the next one on your um, that you're going to be watching? Um, I am hopefully seeing men this weekend and I am very scared and very excited. It's, it's a, it's a great hard movie. If that makes sense. Okay. Oh, you've seen it. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. As for me, old gray beard himself. I am at Bodkin Rice W R I T E S. Um, just last week, uh, no, this week, sorry, I'm terrible with time, um, dropped the latest episode of Bill versus the MCU, where myself and Alex Marcus, we talked about Captain America Civil War, the first Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and Spider-Man Homecoming, the movie that actually put me off of Marvel. So, and you'll find out why in the episode. Uh, I, last night, I was also on the Bob Culture Podcast. You can follow them all your favorite streaming platforms. Uh, I uh, was on the live AEW Double or Nothing uh, Predictions podcast. By the way, Bill versus the MCU, you can find that on the Breakcast Hub on all your favorite uh, podcast platforms. Uh, of course, every day, follow thepopbreak.com. This week, we've got a whole bunch of interviews leading up to Summer Camp, which is a big jam festival in Illinois. We also have our photos from uh, Just Like Heaven, the greatest uh, mid-2000s music festival of all time, uh, from where we shot at the, right outside the Rose Bowl, which is pretty rad. That was Kat. She did that. Got a whole bunch of summer concerts coming up, a whole bunch of summer movies coming up. I will be taking the first two episodes of Kenobi myself. Aaron Sarnecki and Ben Murkison will be taking care of that. And then I'll be working with Avani Goswami, our uh, TV editor, and Matt Wittes to review the new season of Stranger Things. As for this podcast, next week starts our Kenobi podcast. We will also be talking about Miss Marvel, Stranger Things, She-Hulk, every pop culture thing you could think of that was announced this summer. We are covering it. Uh, and of course, as I mentioned, uh, on all our podcasts, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. As someone who has struggled greatly over the past few years with mental health, um, I could tell you that reaching out to someone, while as hard as it may seem, is one of the best things that you can do. I know how it can be very lonely and it can be very hard to talk about it because you don't think you either deserve or can be helped. But I can tell you from experience as someone who almost walked away from everything three years ago, People do care. People do love you. Reach out. It will help. As someone who this year barely get, has barely gotten through this year, getting medication, getting help, and getting my life together has been an amazing thing. So I thank all of you for, for listening to my little spiel. If my DMs are open, if you ever need to talk, if you're on the site or you're just a listener. So this is a very important topic, especially during these, these uh, really strenuous times. And that's why we do this podcast. That's why we do the pop break to give you a break in the day from all the heaviness of the world. We hope you enjoyed this Chippendale Rescue Rangers podcast. I know it's an odd transition, but that's why I've been doing this type of journalism to keep everyone just give you a break from everything that's going on just to have a little fun in the day. So for uh, my reluctant managing editor, Al Manorino, for Tommy Housen, and for the resplendent Kelly McGovern, my name is Bill Bodkin. Thank you for joining us for the Socially Distant Podcast. We'll see you next week. When we start, Obi-Wan Kenobi.